Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 657. Technically, I'm on vacation this week. Vacation. I am recording this intro from beyond the grave. Well, Wikipedia said I died a couple days ago. <laughs> it was uh, changed back, thankfully, unless I'm a computer simulation and I'm a part of a Black Mirror episode that I'm not aware of. But uh, yeah, turns out I am alive. I posted some stuff on my Instagram because uh, the, <laughs> there was an information frenzy where the voluntary Wikipedia editors uh, probably were not thrilled. It was <laughs> a bunch of takedowns per minute of different facts, all of which I posted on my uh, Instagram, some of my favorite ones about me. Uh, turns out I was also uh, eaten by Shia LaBeouf. That was uh, another another way that I died, according to Wikipedia, for about a minute. So uh, that's over on Instagram.com slash Nerdist. Also, this whole weekend long, uh, April uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Nerdist will be at WonderCon. Uh, Geek and Sundry will be there too uh, We have a bunch of panels that we're doing I'm doing a Nerdist panel on Sunday at 11am in the arena um, There's a bunch of other podcasts there Pop My Culture will be there Friday night at 9pm uh, In room 208 There'll be a Nerdist Writers panel and Comics panel mashup Saturday night, 730 room 208 And a Thrilling Adventure panel uh, Saturday night at 9pm Also in room 208 So check those things out uh, This episode of the podcast is Grace Helbig Someone who... I have absolutely adored for years. We first met working at G4. Uh, she guest hosted for, I guess we guest hosted an episode together, and I immediately knew, ah, this person is uh, a comedic genius. And, of course, went down the Daily Grace YouTube rabbit hole. And uh, what an unbelievable work ethic and just an absolute genius. Uh, and Grace is doing a new show on E!, the Grace Helbig Show, premiering Friday, April 3rd at 10.30 p.m., which you should absolutely watch. Um, Grace deserves to be as successful as a person. I mean, I, this whole cluster of, of, you know, Mamrie Hart and Hannah Hart and Grace and Harley Morenstein, just all these people who created their own path and made their own way, I, I just have so much respect for them. And so it's great to see the traditional side of media now recognizing that, too. And, uh, and I'm, I'm honored to be her pal. Um, besides that, Grace is just a damn nice person, and she always crushes on at midnight. So this is really fun to have her on the podcast with the hilarious and brilliant and talented Gracie Helbig. Now entering Nerdist.com. 
show was I watching? <laughs> the judgment has already begun. No, no, no. It was a legit question of like, I really remember him being in a black shirt, black. All the jackets jacket. blend together, Matt. What is happening? Is your show going to be a daily show, Grace? Weekly. It's going to be weekly. Yeah, so I can wear just yeah. random. Although, you know, for I mean, I guess having done Daily Grace for so long, yeah. doing a daily show isn't so daunting. No, it doesn't say. And also now having like a team, like a like other people that do other things that I don't have to do, not being like the one that wears all the hats at once. Is so you like, can just knock stuff out of people's hand and goes, I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can feel a new form of anxiety that I've never <laughs> felt before. You the which in is the like you sur- Yeah, you serve in control to other human beings and trusting people is That's new. crazy. That's a crazy thing to do. Are it's you good to trust people. It's good to delegate. Are you shooting that at uh, Wilshire Studios? Yeah, big 57. time. 57.50? Yeah, Vinny's there. <laughs> oh, yeah? There. Yeah, it's oh really great. God. No, we're shooting, we're renting a house on the the east side so that it... Looks like... It serves as like, this yeah. is my home that I live out of, and I keep calling it like introverts late night talk show, where it's like, <laughs> I invite people over to my house, and we do stuff, and I live my life around them while we talk. I really want it to not be promotional at all for anything that any person that comes on the show is involved in. I really just want it to be like, what would it be like if Jennifer Lawrence had to make spaghetti? Let's do it right here, right now, and see what happens. We're going to have pretty much the same thing, so we're going to have to cut all that out. How are you? (sighs) That's going to be interesting when you're trying to book these people. Yeah, no, we've already had the conversations where it's like there's definitely a, a list of, you know, the... End all be all. We it would be awesome if we got these people yeah. tier, and then there's like B, C, D, E, and I. To be honest, I'm really excited about the E tier. I'm like, <laughs> give me the people that like need this, and we'll do anything. The E tier is just people who were on E at one point. Yeah, it's like John Henson. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my god. Wipeout now. That, yeah, give me that skunk hair. <laughs> Steve Kometko. You're probably yeah. gonna want Steve Kometko. We all I mean, want Steve Kometko. We're probably gonna he? want uh, Jules Asner be another person uh, oh, I loved her I want so badly I just want Bruce Jenner and I don't want him to be interviewed I just want him sitting in the background just, just, just hanging out with like an RC like, copter yeah like literally taking a load off in the background that's all I want now you it did was there any discussion of doing a daily show and taking the Chelsea spot um, sort of, not really. It was kind of this, you know, we pitched to a bunch of different networks. We pitched a show that's basically, you know, my vlog with a budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, and E! was the one that really resonated with it. And they didn't want to do a daily show. And also the idea of doing a daily show really kind of freaked me out. It was like, how much creative energy can I actually put forth into the universe on a consistent basis like that mm-hmm. and so the the idea is to start it like this see what happens you know it's a like you guys it's a total learning curve it's a total experiment of being like ah, what what do people like what will they watch what will people like to be a part of and you don't always know I have no idea I have <laughs> absolutely no idea and I've literally watched shows like come and go with you know good friends attached to it that I am really not I, I don't have any expectations for it. I'm, my expectation is I've gotten an opportunity to hire people in my life that I think are really fun to be around and really creatively stimulating and haven't had an opportunity to really express themselves in that way. So that's awesome. And if we can all have a 
have a decent time making something, great, total success. If no one watches it, I feel really good about it at the end of the day. If I'm not embarrassed by a piece of content <laughs> that I'm putting out, total success in well, my book. You know, it's funny that because I'm sure a lot of what you're going to be talking about when you're doing press for the show is, uh, you know, it'll, it'll start off with, as a YouTuber, this is like, well, yeah. I'm a performer and yeah. that was my medium. Is that and the still noun is- we're using? YouTuber? Yeah, yeah, YouTuber yeah. is like, I guess it's the same way you would say writer. That's, yeah, oh, God, yeah. fucking, like, when, especially throughout the launch of the channel and all, you do all these mm-hmm. conferences and people yeah. be like, do you think YouTubers are going to be jumping to, and I'm like, well, they're performers and that's the medium. So, I mean, it's, I think people still have the idea in their head that, like, wow, it's amazing that these people who are, just kids in their bedrooms in Wisconsin can... Yeah, so we're our, literally like monkeys that can play cymbals. And they're right. like, oh my God, that monkey can do can play these cymbals? That's amazing. <laughs> Does that make people that watch it the YouTubees? People call them all different things. People call them subscribers. They call them viewers. They call them fans. They call them friends. They call them audience. There's, it's really... Protein. A, yeah. All, exactly. of it, all of it is better than Vine Star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the record, <laughs> really, really great. Had, really uh, great. Uh, my, the, one of the strangest, and I've been to a lot of different conventions, a lot of different conventions, Whoa. but nothing was like VidCon. VidCon. Oh my gosh! It's yeah, it's become a really um, chaotic thing, and I had never been to Comic Con until this year, and I really in San Diego, and I don't even think I saw. Comic Con. I, I saw maybe like the crust of Comic Con, and so <laughs> that can I, be interpreted a lot of different. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> they love pizza. Not the dirty way. Not the dirty way. Just that people get a little crusty at Comic Con. Yeah, you guys got to use moisturizer. What are you doing? Well, the problem is you put on. Um, they're using know. moisturizer. God's moisturizer. Sweat, everyone. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> yes, they're using sweat. But this is my favorite thing about uh, New York Comic Con is that there's no chairs anywhere, and so one of my favorite things was walking through the Javits <sighs> Center and seeing the hallways of kids just sitting on the floor eating pizza because they were tired of standing and there are no chairs available oh. for anyone. And also, yeah. I was like, this feels like a huge oversight. And Javits Center is also like a habit trail. The airflow oh. in the Javits Center is terrible. There's none. So I would like to say, for the record, it smells <laughs> 55% worse than San Diego Comic Con. Did yeah. we get that on record, Katie? Katie, this record is now that. Can you read that back? Someone check the math. Kyle, would you please get a notary in here so that we can make Matt's <laughs> comment official? He, it was very important to him that that go on record somewhere. 55%. But Matt says 55. The, uh, the fervor at VidCon is, is very intense. And I think uh, this new like Vine Star thing is now becoming this like really sensationalized like girls literally um there's another convention called playlist live which i guess i think is actually happening this weekend in orlando listen to a spotify playlist big time um (laughs) it's really sad and weird to be around (laughs) this one's called my creative mix (laughs) yeah this one's called live journal Um, just shake it off again (laughs) 15 times in a row um and at playlist i remember hearing rumors i went to it last year i'm not able to go this year that they invited Vine stars for the first time last year Mm -hmm. and there were rumors that like a few people broke their arms or legs because they were trampled because someone would hear that a Cameron Dallas or a Nash Greer was in the room and this just 
concentration of teens would run in a direction and people were getting hurt because the security wasn't prepared for that they weren't i mean and what do you know, do to a 16 year old girl nor yeah. should they have been no, no. They how are... do you even prep security <laughs> for that like okay here are, you're gonna get trampled by a hundred puppies figure here's it a out list right of now. dudes with high hair uh <laughs> and now i don't know if you've been in a locust swarm but because <laughs> yeah. vidcon because well, I did it this year, and it was funny. Security, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to give you a security guide just to get through the thing. And I had no problem getting through VidCon. Oh, same. It's, yeah, because yeah, it was not like... And then I ended up I ended up giving a talk at 9 a.m. in the main cool. uh, thing about uh, how to, you know, follow your dreams and make videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I was talking to, like, 9 to 12-year-old girls who... Yeah. Had no idea why a grown ass man was right. telling yeah. him about stuff, and, then, and I felt really, I felt kind of silly. And then they see a flicker of lavender in the corner, and they think it's <laughs> Tyler Oakley, and they all just scream <laughs> and run to the corner. It's really, it's very strange, and um, it's, it's always, it now it's becoming one of those things that you go to, and you're like, I have no idea what to expect. I have absolutely no idea. That's but interesting. It just feels very exciting and fun to be around you know like-minded content creators and to see a lot of people you don't get to see but at the same time you're like the level of crazy like a fanatical energy is, is just increasing it's in like june it's, yeah uh, i think it, it's june this it year it is june yeah it was june last year too it was are you guys going this year no i think I don't know. we should send like jesse joyce to be a correspondent for at midnight to vidcon i feel like you guys <laughs> should hire like a charismatic 15 year old and send- just yeah, and send like send ten other extras to like create chaos mm-hmm. around them when they walk around, and like literally people will follow and gather. My book editor was there with me last year, and she just wanted to see. You know, yeah. they were like, "You're we've invested in you making a book because you have this audience. Let's see the audience firsthand." And she had a VIP pass so she could come in the back rooms mm-hmm. with me. She said two girls walked up to her and they were like, you have a VIP pass. Who are you? Oh. And then they took a photo with her, not caring who she was, just because she had a VIP pass. And to them, that meant you're important. I should take a photo with you. A little so weird. So bizarre. Maybe we should cast a, an at midnight tween. Basically, and yeah. create a, and and just send someone with high hair. If and, you just have like someone, yeah, have a recording on their iPhone the whole weekend of this person walking around. Just have like literally three girls start screaming, and it will spread, and it would be hilarious. It's, that's a, that's an easy system to game. I think we can totally do send this. The digital team. It's just so crazy to think it's, that it's so crazy to think that we didn't feel like that long ago that people were like. What what are these new young talents brewing over at YouTube? And now there's an even uh, newer technology with even shorter attention spans and even younger people. And I will say, it's many bizarre. of you are very talented. Oh yeah, there's a lot of. But th- there's a big batch that, aren't. that I can't <laughs> fathom in my no, head. No, it's tell me about it. It's really I have no. I've never felt like. Well, maybe this is not true. I was going to say I've never felt really like hindered by the idea of someone saying you're a YouTuber because in my heart I'm like I'm trying to make content like the rest of every actor, writer, performer, director, etc. So you can call me whatever you want. At the end of the day, I'm still just trying to create content and put it out into the universe. But now because YouTuber is like it's a career path that Mm -hmm. kids can go to college and study the digital space and say, I want to be a YouTuber as a job. Like, what does that mean? Because there are there is a huge spectrum of people that 
to their credit, they are they have built an audience very smartly. Like sure. they know exactly how to appeal to this audience and and what to say and how frequently to interact with them and how to interact with them. But then what happens after that? Like where is the actual like talent? I think or... someone wears Jenna Marble's skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the next evolution. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think that um, uh, it, it's it is reversing the system which was previously a top-down system where a handful of you know a, a handful of uh, grown-ass men would say mm-hmm. you 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 will be the offering that right. america gets to see and now because the technology has flipped that upside down content creators are essentially the the ones that get to say hey i'm just going to put myself out there and yeah. so it's not and then at a certain point, you still, if you want to make the jump to old media, you still have to be picked by a handful of people, yeah, which is still an infuriating process. But I feel like the same, in the same way that, the, that old media kind of looks at the digital space and they're like, I don't know about these young kids. This seems dumb, but I guess we'll give it a shot because that's where the audience seems to be. It's the same way that um, uh, you know, t- television, network television used to look at cable television mm-hmm. and say, oh, cable television, that's mm, all right, we'll see. And you know, then, well, that's where the best television's getting made is on cable now. And the yeah. best television, and a lot of the best content's being made digitally because there are no, um, there's no bureaucratic system in place yeah. to note it to death. It's just, I made a thing, it is now, here is a, a lens to directly to the audience, the end. I don't know why. People are so confounded by this. Like, people want to be entertained. They now have an easy, technologically advanced way to see entertainment fast. What's the... It's not confusing. You know, it's fascinating. Like, when we started the Nerdist channel, there was a... Uh, often I found us sort of, like, hitting our heads against the wall, Jerry and I, when we were trying <laughs> to write these videos. So picture Jerry Duggan and I in a room yeah, trying to go like, trying to look at trying to look at Thank YouTube you, and go what is this? What the fuck are we doing? Like yeah. there's no for there there is in my mind there is no discernible formula for what makes something on YouTube catch. Well here yeah, it, it's interesting cuz Chester and I've had this conversation a lot recently is that and he Your boyfriend, it, Chester the Molester. Uh, yeah, just the shadow. The poor figure. guy. Yeah. No, wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> it's just the only name that anyone ever says after Chester. I'm sorry. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it I mean, growing up with the last name that I had, uh-huh, and dick. then when people, oh, yeah. when people manipulate it, and, they're, and then you're like, mm-hmm, I've... And then they say it to you like you like they're the first ones to think yeah, of it. Like you've and you're never. like, I I know, I've lived with it I my entire life. Chester, you don't. Myra. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, pillows. so you were you were saying we were saying that there's um there's this like dichotomy of a community builder and content creator, and there's a lot of kids that you would say on paper you can't actually like discern are they a comedian, are they a musician, are they a storyteller, what are they? They're a community builder. They have all of these followers. They reach out to them. They maintain this like ecosystem of their own world and. 
And then there are content creators, that I, the people that I sincerely think are very talented. It's the musicians, the comedians, the people that write sketches that, you know, the videos, like, hook in and, and sink in. And they're making content that is shareable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to consider yourself, like, I am a representative of this person. I wear all their merch. That's, like, a community builder. Mm-hmm. That's someone yeah. that does that. So it is, yeah, because there's this, like, weird dual system that's happening. It's impossible to go into the space now and be like, here's exactly what you need to do to succeed. Yeah. Well, I will say that I think there's a couple, you know, I've always said that, you know, television has to just be watchable so people don't turn it away, yeah. turn, turn, turn it off, and, and, and digital content has to be shareable because it's a crowdsourced platform. Yeah. And so it's the only, people don't consume it the, the way they consume television. Right. So it's not, you know, a, a, a lot of, particularly a lot of the early stuff on the Nerdist channel, we were essentially making TV content for the internet, which wasn't, isn't really how it works. But as nearly as I can figure... Um, a couple of a couple of ways, and these are just like broad philosophical ideas about like what content works on YouTube. Consistency helps mm-hmm. a lot. Like you having a daily show and being funny every day, yeah, it, that that helps a lot. Um, the other thing is, I would often think uh, videos that catch tend to be videos of you know some superlative quality the most right. this the craziest that the the it's, best x yeah it's very it's very buzzfeed where it's, it's like very much so here are five types of people that you interact with at a grocery store like it's just trying to create BuzzFeed relatable wars his girlfriend's the editor for buzzfeed <laughs> uh, i just sat down i just saw the new studio space zay frank oh yeah what a guy what a name but i think part of that is driven by the way that they because at one point a, a human being would curate, um, you know, which videos to put on the homepage mm-hmm. of YouTube, which and the YouTube homepage was an incredibly, you know, to this day, it's something that it's still like, I still kind of pound my fist and be like, why did they do away with that? You mm-hmm. know, and then they did the whole like personalized page for people, right? which is good for users, but I feel like wasn't necessarily great for content creators because, you know... Google essentially took YouTube and then and then made it this you know like we must bow to the holy grail of the algorithm and then made made the the content sharing all algorithmic and so you do kind of have to like what can you say in a title that in a thumbnail that's going to make someone click on it right. or what related content There's, yeah they they have insane psychological studies of colors that are more appealing to people in a font on a thumbnail that will make them cl- click over also cleavage also yeah tits for days i yeah. mean that's all i click on yeah. it's like oh you yeah. went to the zoo but there's tits in the thumbnail let's see what happens <laughs> yeah. well, it's red ostrich got some sweet tits yeah exactly but uh, but yeah. it's it totally changed the way that i mean you you know and the, and the way that the algorithm constantly changes mm-hmm. i think you know i think i think youtube has definitely become more of a uh, of a platform for um, for u- users rather than the content creators. And I feel like the content creators are constantly trying to chase the little morsels of audience they can get. It's insane. It's so saturated right now that to stand out in the YouTube space, if I was a you know 22-year-old person trying to make comedy content on YouTube, I would be riddled with anxiety of how to do it. It's yeah. so insane. There's There's no way to do it. There's just... There are ways to do it. And now there's so much that is put into this community building, this 
engaging with your audience almost like Trump's actual content, which sure. is like insane. It's insane. But that's the kids that are growing up. They're not a TV experienced audience. They don't know how to consume content in that way. They've never had to. They don't have to wait for things. Yeah. They don't have to pay attention to things. No, everything is interactive. Everything is personal. Everything is directed to them and at them. And they can look up any person on Twitter, on Instagram, on anything. That if you're like, hey, just watch this TV show. But like none of the people involved are on social media. That's so unappealing to like a teenager where it's like, I want to have this like weird voyeurism where I can find out everything I want to about this person. Yeah. Which is, it's just, yeah, it's strange. What's going to happen in the future? I have no idea. And nope. it kind of terrifies terrifying. me. Yeah. <laughs> it it I am so happy. And I've had this conversation a lot recently with people my age that I, at one point, didn't have the internet and didn't have a cell phone. That I had life <laughs> where I had to, like, call, collect to get my parents to yes. pick me up after a movie. Yeah. Like, I am so thankful 10, to 10, have... 10, 10, 20, guys. That was what you would dial to go collect an AT&T. <laughs> oh, but David Spade was bumming those commercials on <laughs> away, too. <laughs> 10, 10, 10, 20! 10, 10, 20. I'd completely forgotten about that. Me. That's how I dialed... Sometimes I would dial... This is how lazy and fat I was as a child. <laughs> I would call my mother from the store at the top of our street <laughs> to come pick me up. Oh man! It was, a mile, it was like the street was like it was like a mile long, which in retrospect is hilarious that I would do it. And the crazy part is, uh, occasionally, she would come. <laughs> Not all the time. A lot of times she'd be like, "Matthew, just fucking walk down the street." Great mom, great mom. Yeah, I know. I remember calling collect, and when it was like, "State your name," it was like, "Mom, pick me up," and then you just hang up the phone, and then you stand outside the movie theater. Hoping and praying <laughs> that your mom's gonna pick you up. There's that's gaming no, the system. That's crazy. Like, no, kids will never know that idea of using a map and being like, I have no clue where I, I am. I wonder if you asked a group of, I don't know, 12 year olds what collect calling was, if they'd have any guess. Should we make a video where. Well, I guess there are some things that, that, you know, there's enough retro in our culture. Like, if you showed a kid a cassette tape, they'd be like, oh, the thing from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they would know. (laughs) But yeah, it's to the point where literally they made those iPhone hand receivers that literally plug into your iPhone and you can, like, talk. They have the curly wire. (laughs) They sell it at Urban Outfitters next to the record players. (laughs) And the Polaroid cameras. (laughs) 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 What is happening? Let's go to the clunky technology section of Urban Outfitter. <laughs> yeah. You can buy some roller skates and some suspenders so and weird. go to There town. was a re- <laughs> and I'll uh, drive up in my crank start jalopy. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's no there's a reason the technology moved on from these things. I Don't know. tell Jay Leno, he's still got that steam powered car. <laughs> he's sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like the front of a train. Yeah. yeah. yeah you got a, a shovel coal in the front of the problem. Jay's garage. What's the Jay's garage? I'm Jay. Yeah, we I got a car phone. It's going to be Ferraris. I have three of them. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, you see, Corolla bought the other one. <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation about it, and it turns out the holes in our soul still aren't filled yet. <laughs> uh, you guys have Denim been working shirts. on that. <laughs> Yeah. Denim shirts. <laughs> denim shirts. That's what they have in common. Yep. Denim shirts. Okay. By the way, is anyone wearing a denim shirt here? 
Guys, no more denim shirts. Let's, Why? Let's, what? Why? I don't know. There's just something about Denim's denim and chambray. Denim and chambray. It just feels 90. I worked at the Gap when I was in college for a week. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Put us back there. What was the Gap like in, in the ni- early 90s? I remember mm. wanting to work at the Gap. No, you don't. Well, no. I Trust re- me. I thought it was like the coolest thing yeah. to work at the Gap. It's yeah. fold and fold and fold and some asshole comes in and they want the pair of shorts that's number six in the pile and so they rip it out and you got to refill fold all that shit again. Well, let me ask you the following question now. <laughs> now that you've had that experience in your life, yes. all right, when you go into a store... Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah. do you feel Do you like... refold? Yeah. I always refold. Me too. Yeah. I always refold. Yeah. And that's a lot of times literally... not fold quality, but I do my best. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can really do in life. Um, I... put the effort for <laughs> uh, Yeah, I used to wait tables all the time, and now when I go to a restaurant, I am like overly yeah. like sensitive to <laughs> You the sit server. down, I'll bring you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you need Diet Coke? Okay, yeah. Got do you, it. Do you stack the plates? Yeah. I, I like I bust everything. Yeah. I put it all as neat as possible as I can. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I yeah. uh, Dory had never my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, Dory. She had never really worked in a retail environment because she just like she worked in her uncle's candy store and then ended up going to college for thirty years and getting fifty degrees from yes. all these universities. She worked in her uncle's candy her, store. Her uncle's candy store in the Prudential Where Center is she in fra- Boston. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, she. We were out, like, early on in the relationship, we would go out to a store, and she would, like, take something and then, like, not want to get it, and then, like, just put it back wherever. Uh, and I was like, oh, no! You can't do that! That's You're a retail you monster! <laughs> and then I would just take everything and just find the... I was like, what aisle is this? And I'd put it back. I would just freak out, like, I can't... No! Yeah. So in the 90s, in the early 90s, what was being sold at The Gap, uh, first of all, pleated jorts. <gasps> Um, that sounds like a great band name. Shorts? Yeah, jean shorts that had pleats in them. Wow, that's even not even Kevin Smith wears those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just can't see because he's got the hockey jersey on. That's true, Kev. You couldn't please. I don't know. I don't know, Kev. Send uh, <laughs> your hashtags pleated jorts. Yes. Uh, there was also there was it was there was also there were also um, like uh, shirts with. Uh, like a polo shirts with paisley all over them paisley oh. pattern oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. polo, polo shirts not brad yeah. paisley oh i'm sorry this is, what? A, this is a pre-bad he brad was paisley sold world. huge in the gap in, <laughs> yeah. in the early Loved 90s it. paisley by the way is named after do you know what where paisley comes from uh, tell me I'll, I'll tell you and i only know this because of watching bargain hunt uh, it comes from a town paisley scotland which is where that pattern was invented because oh. someone just puked yeah. and they were like, there it is. Oh, this is great. Paisley. <laughs> this pattern. Now, thinking about what Paisley was, I think it's like more someone jacked off on something. Yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah. Yeah. perfect drips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just basically, uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a woven sperm pattern. Uh, Kate Spade is now so like, Paisley, well, I'll Paisley take Paisley shorts. Yeah. I mean, no. Paisley shirts. Polo shirts. Um, of course, a lot of a lot of uh, you know collegiate looking button downs, but it was the sure. early nineties, and so the shoulders were off where your na- your normal shoulder oh, would be. That. Like oh. they were they were bigger, sure, because um, bigger clothes were because everyone wanted to look like they're wearing their dad's clothes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else? Khakis was, it? was that khakis? Like- a lot of khakis in different. You know, there's regular khaki and then like olive tones. What year is this? Ninety. One. 91, and this is, I'm get this has got to be in Los Angeles, right? It was in Westwood. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Westwood Gap. Yeah, I went to UCLA. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there was a Birkenstock store. You know, Mosier worked at a Banana Republic. Was there a Banana Republic near there? Because I feel like he went to, like, 
in L.A. He also likes when he came out to L.A. to go to film school. He would like had this miserable job at the B- Banana Republic, and he just hated talking to people so much that and but oh loved God. folding. Oh, that they just threw him in the back, and all day he would just fold, just fold, like a fold, fold. monkey. Did, yeah, yeah. Did you guys both work at the Gap in Banana Republic, unknown <laughs> I, to each other, just I never, miserably folding? I wish you would like past each other, because then it's how would that weird, happen? Like, like years Romeo later, I would do podcasts. Our podcasts are kind of the Gap in Banana Republic of podcasts. <gasps> are we saying that Phoebe is a Banana Republic? Thank you. Oh, it is. Whoa. It went upscale. Yeah. Banana Republic was not upscale in those days. What really? No, we don't I've even all... know a time. Cool. Banana. Well, sit Republic. back and let Grandpa tell you stories. About what Banana Listen, Republic. I worked at TJ Maxx for a month. So <laughs> Did you get the Maxx for the minimum minimum price? I worked at TJ Maxx when they when you work there, they put you in the fitting room is the first thing, and you see firsthand so many middle aged women stealing clothing underneath of their clothing <gasps> constantly. <laughs> Wait a second, why would they have to steal? The prices are already so great. <laughs> I, I literally wanted it was like dream job. This is the store I love. I have arrived, and then they put me in the fitting room. Literally just watched all these women like walk in with five items of clothing, come out with one. Fifteen year old, super passive, super oh, shy no. Grace Helvig was just like, okay, like just <laughs> watching them. Have a and nice then, day. yeah, then Chili's offered me fifty cents more an hour, and I was like, see you, asshole. Yeah, and those same middle aged women no, were stuffing wings wow. under their dresses <laughs> yeah. and leaving. And I was like, see ya. Uh, uh, yeah, it was really, really great. You're just saying you want your baby back, baby back, out <laughs> as you walked out the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> putting molten chocolate cakes in their purses and I was like I can't I can I do on nothing Reddit the other day I saw this real sad picture someone had gone someone had gotten takeout from TGI Fridays and like they got That's dessert which was the Oreo sundae and they opened up the <gasps> container and it was just a bagged Oreo cookie <laughs> sandwich oh. That's what they're selling you for $12 Yeah yeah Guys, they are unlimited apps not around anymore <laughs> Now, if you were a 17-year-old girl and you uh, <laughs> dropped a baby in the toilet at Chili's, would you regret it, come back two years later and say, I want my baby back, baby, back, baby? <laughs> oh, my God. I, was that a long way to go? I feel like that was a long road. It was I'm, a lot of pipe to lay, but was. I feel like you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, a tweet, continued tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of three. Uh, so what do you do here? I'm a teenager. I Thank drop- God for tweet longer. <laughs> I, I can really slide these bits in. Or I'll just write the bit. I'll type the bit out, take a picture of it, and put it on Instagram. Has a has a tweet longer ever been retweeted? <laughs> by the way, I, I'm, I, I I am slightly annoyed by the by the um, by the use of text images on uh, on Instagram where people like take a photo of something. They take a photo of their like they write a joke and then yeah. take a photo of it and put it on Ugh. Instagram. I feel like that's that's yeah. shortcut. Alton it. Brown, get over yourself. I don't need to see your damn post its. <laughs> Wow, really, the gloves have come off. <laughs> guy with his post-its, just write it. This. Don't put a post-it on your computer and take a picture. It's just lazy. Don't get upset. Took a turn. A post-it Took a turn. molested Matt when he was a child. <laughs> you don't know what happened at the top of that street while the I was post- my mom. The post-it offered Matt a ride home, and it took a little well, bit longer. I guess longer. my mom's not yeah. coming. I can come. Matt hasn't been in a Staples no, for like, years. You <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a Staples. You did? Really? Yes. Well, that explains your hatred for post-its. Yeah. I ran the furniture department at Chelmsford Staples in Massachusetts. Oh, Oh my god. So I was like <laughs> You were like So what will you tell us about these I desk chairs that we're sitting in? Here's right the now. crazy part. So I'd have to put together all the floor models and then they do the whole bullshit of like uh, if you want it put together, they charge you whatever and they'll put it together. Sure. So it's just me putting it together. And then they had us like try to upsell everyone these uh 
the those plastic uh, carpet roll protector things. Right. Oh, those I had mats. one for a very short period of yeah, time. Yeah, it's like those, these things that will awful. crack and look worse than any holes your <laughs> fucking chair would put in the carpet. But it got to a point where I could put together one of these office chairs in less than a minute. Oh, wow. With a drill. That sounds like it a threat. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> what do you do with this skill set like that? Uh, you, whenever I... Well, actually, you know what's funny is I bought an office chair... For thirty dollars, when I moved to LA, I had like no money, and I bought an office chair for like thirty dollars. And I'm like, you know what? Someday, man, you're gonna get a real nice office chair. And I still have the office chair. It's really? still the one I use at my desk, and it was like falling apart. And Dory's like, you should just buy a new chair. I'm like, I can fix this, and I like fucking tightened everything. And I was like, look. And the reason I like it is because it has no arms. So if I want to play guitar in the chair, it's not. I don't have to like. Oh my god! What a sentence. Well, and then and and in, and in broader terms, it proves it proves to Dory that no matter what she does, you will never leave the relationship. <laughs> I can fix this, Matt. It's broken. Give me a drill, Dory. I'll Matt, fix it. Matt, we're a Robley thirty dollar chair. No. Take off your arms, Dory. <laughs> you take off your arms, I can play guitar on you. We must make love on this plastic flooring. To save the carpet! <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, we've had a lot of terrible jobs. Yeah. What else well, did you do before before oh, YouTube? Good line of questioning. Um, I like what did I, well, I, I've, I've served... Uh, I've waited tables at like every chain restaurant. I've worked at Chili's, uh, and then I, I was a hostess at Chili's because I was too young to serve alcohol. And it was when Chili's still had a smoking section, which yes. I remember so vividly. Where was this? In South Jersey. Okay. Yeah, and then when I went to college in North Jersey, I started waiting tables at Chili's because I had turned 18. Then I went on to work at an Applebee's up there. I worked at an Applebee's in South Jersey. <laughs> then I worked at a Dave and Buster's in Philadelphia. I worked at an Olive Garden. They're in all shades New of Brunswick. the same place. Oh yeah, there's the same person goes to all of them, and uh, it, the same people are making your food, and it's the same, you know, results on your bowels. It's really not <laughs> a good scenario. Uh, but is there, is there one of the like? Would you say there's one? Of all of the places you've yeah. worked at, is there one where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to eat there, even as a joke? Oh, I mean, I have very low standards for food, so I... <laughs> <laughs> they're all game. Yeah, they're all fine. I remember when I worked at Applebee's in South Jersey, it was when they got their Weight Watchers menu, and so because everything is like calorie counted and portion controlled, it's all delivered to the kitchen in plastic bags so it was the the least amount of kitchen touching happening to the food mm. so all of the staff would order the Weight Watchers menu <laughs> because they knew that it wasn't getting <laughs> it was literally like putting plastic bags of chicken in a microwave and putting it on a plate food condoms yeah. they came with food condoms yeah and so wow. we were all like this is safe all of us on our break just eating like pico de gallo and chicken <laughs> and, like, how do you feel are you rocket. sick yet are you Okay. Yeah, How do you feel? Keep an eye on me. So ridiculous. Um, but if I pass out, call my mom and then say, hey, "Pick me up and then hang up." Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will say the the place that I did not enjoy working the most was Dave and Buster's um, because. Oh, you hate fun. I hate fun. 
I hate adults having fun. <laughs> um, they were awful at training. They gave us a five-day training program, but really didn't teach us anything. And I, I was in college, and I, I, I did track a bunch when I was in high school. And my high school track coach worked at Dave and Buster's on the weekend, and ended oh. up getting me the job over the summer. And then I found out that she was the bitch of the restaurant <laughs> that everyone hated. And so I was like, I'm already here on bad terms. Didn't know what I was doing. And then the other added bonus was that all of the cooks in the kitchen were rehabilitated criminals that were getting, like, you know, quote-unquote work study. It's a nice program. Yeah, super fun. Lots of, you know, things happening all at once. And so (laughs) I used to drive my stepdad's truck over from New Jersey to Philadelphia every day. And then there was a security guard that would walk me to my stepdad's truck after my shift every night because they didn't, you know, it's a, I guess, dangerous work environment. But adults that want ribs and want to play video games are very intense and I didn't know <laughs> until working there I worked there for a month and then I quit it's the only job I've ever like called and quit and literally called from a Target parking lot crying <laughs> with my mom like rubbing my back being like you can do it how it bad was- what like how like how so how so what? How so are people aggressive when they want ribs well, in video games? Think about Chuck E. Cheese children and then grow them. Yeah, give them credit cards. Uh. <laughs> it's like, it's, it was because they would have these different uh, tiers of things where you can get uh, ribs and mashed potatoes and 20 um, credits in the arcade for sixteen ninety nine, And it was this insane computer system that they didn't teach us of like having to go in and do all these special things. And people, when they didn't get it, because a lot of people that went to Dave and Buster's were regulars. Like they've gone there, you know, they know their system. They know exactly what they want. And they also all get drunk at the bar first and then they come sit down. And so it's like Whoa. they're ready to go. And you're like, I don't know. I have to get this fixed. And it was also in Philadelphia. So it's like people that just don't give a shit about you being a human being. That oh, Grace, say, it was in Philadelphia. They were drunk before they got to the oh, bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they drove themselves there. It was great. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just like people being so mean. And I, I you know, this is yeah. 19, 20 year old Grace Helbig who's still like shy and doesn't understand the world, has already seen women steal so much from TJ Maxx and didn't, <laughs> didn't understand why that was happening. And then these people are just being mean when all you're trying to do is like feed them and give I'm them. I'm trying to get these ribs to you as quickly as possible. Yeah, I'm not cooking anything. I'm literally just trying my best. And just, yeah, just, it's, you just see a side of human beings that is so confusing to me. Yeah. You'd have to pay me so much money to be mean to someone. Like, yeah. I have seen people be mean. I'm going to let an inmate jizz on your ribs. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese unless you have a kid. It's yeah. the same rule should be for Dave and Buster's just to try to control. Yeah, we all went. The writers of At Midnight, we all went for lunch on a Thursday. It's super fun. I have now gone as an adult. You know, I've yeah. had enough time away from my experience there that I have gone back, and it's super fun. It's the it really like I will say this, Dave and or Buster, whichever of you <laughs> is listening to the podcast, I'm sure you're fans. Uh, Dave and Buster's is kind of it's kind of an amazing place because not only can you just eat the shittiest food. Yeah. And drink the drinkiest colored booze. Yeah. But you you could literally go like we went on a work break and I just fucking was just shooting hoops the whole break. Yeah. Just playing the basketball game, getting tickets for God knows what. I'm not gonna oh, 
Yeah, I went. I went. I went as an as an adult and got enough tickets that we bought the game of Simon when we were done nice. in the arcade. Wow, yeah. so more that's a games. lot of tickets. Yeah, it was. And a kid came up to us at like eleven o'clock on a Thursday and was like, "It's my birthday. Can I have some tickets?" And I have never before in my life been so straightforward with a child. I was like, "No, you cannot. <laughs> we have earned these." <laughs> there was this gypsy kid that came up asking for them. Uh, but other than that, it was a really great there time. There has not been a kid here in 30 years. <laughs> what? Ghost kid. Yeah, just, just yelling at Frogger in the corner, thinking it's a child. The legend of the ticket child. Uh, it's, I think it's now, as you know, not working there, I think it's a great place for adults to hang out because it gives you activities to do. Yeah. So it's not just sitting around yes. only having and, conversation. Or on your phone. Yes. That's the beauty of it. And the thing, too, like, they just opened, I don't know if you've seen it, but they have just opened the world's largest Dave & Buster's at Hollywood and Highland. I haven't seen it. Uh, I recommend everyone goes. Like, because <laughs> all the iPhone games you love are now giant. That's the fucking, that's what an arcade is now. Yeah, it's it's just giant Fruit Ninja. It's the closest it's ridiculous. I'll ever get to, like, being on the prices Right. Yes, the giant <laughs> wheel is there for the tickets. I'm going to tell you the closest you'll ever get to being on prices Right. Is actually being on the prices. Right. Well... You you come to Talking Dead some Sunday. Oh, I heard this. I was just talking to someone about this, and they said you guys shoot in the same studios. We're one floor above on dinner breaks. They leave the fucking wheel just out. But someone told me the wheel is locked when it's Bullshit. Not... Uh, it is unlocked. No. <gasps> I've been told lies. Oh, my God. And as I've said many times before, the only jarring thing about... There's two <laughs> jarring things about the wheel. Okay. Number one, it's a lot heavier than you think it's going to be. I assume it is. And it doesn't make the noise. Like when you spin they the wheel, add the noise you will after. find yourself going. So without that, it basically is just like uh, a large, you just hear just metal grinding. It's an unsettling noise. It is. Oh, it's a very unsettling well, let me ask. That is a bummer. I only just recently hit a dollar for the first time. Shit. Yeah, but when, the last in? time I did the last time I did the Bill Maher show because he shoots in the in the Price is Right stage or one over from the Price is Right stage, sure. and so I spun it and I'm like I never hit a dollar and I hit a dollar. I was so I've, I've I don't know if I've ever been. I happier bet there than are crew guys mm. there that can hit a dollar anytime they oh, fucking want absolutely. to. They know how that wheel works. Yeah, and just if I start it, if I go up three and then come down at this speed, I'll do it. Yeah, does it plug in and light up? Does that no, ever happen? It's not a. So well, it's literally a just some uh, the sound guy in the booth making the butt beep 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 noise. I guess so. It's some guy's job to go like. No, I hope he's doing it with real. his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually that's, that's, what, Michael, like, that's, that's what Michael Winslow skill. is doing. And then now. when he dies, his son's gonna take it over. Yeah, he also wears a bedazzled blazer for yeah. some reason. Oh, Rod Roddy died of breast cancer. What a way for a guy to go. <laughs> But I love it. Let's do a sad one. <laughs> I will say, I think Drew Carey has gotten a lot better at hosting that show. The very first few episodes, I, or weeks of episodes, I felt were one of the most awkward well, experiences just, watching that you're show. You're just missing Bob. That's the problem, you know? Well, now yeah. Drew's been he's, doing it so long, you're like, okay. Well, it was because you really have to know how to console someone when something bad happens. And I remember no, the most awkward moments were like, a woman would miss out on a car and he'd be like, well, oh, wow. Oh, didn't win. We'll be back after this commercial break. And literally she's standing there. Add this to the checklist of things that don't work out in your life. We'll be right back. 
<laughs> Except for that airbrush t-shirt. Nailed that. Mean game show host. But let's uh, be honest, Sheila. Is that Broyhill dining set really going to change your life that much? It's not going to bring him back. No, but I thought I could get the cash equivalent. No. No. Uh, we had our, on, uh, on Nerdist, the second season of Nerdist on BBC America, our, um, our finance guy was obsessed with The Price is Right <sighs> and game shows. Do you remember this? Christmas. All game shows, or like all game shows, but okay. was so obsessed with the prices, right? Like we would talk about games because we would try to do games in in, sure. in Nerdist, and he would always be consulting on the games, and I'd be like, "What? Why do you? Why do you know the mechanism <laughs> of this? Like, why?" He's like, I'm, listen, I'm a huge Prices Right fan. And then we unearthed the clip of him on The Price is Right. <gasps> no. And he was, up until very recently, the most winning Price is Right contestant. Really? Yes. Jade was his name. Remember Jade? Mm. Finance guy? Yes. Yes. But anyways, he fucking like, oh my spun God. it and like got the showcase. He missed getting both showcases by like $9. <gasps> like, it was insane. It was insane. So did he game the system like the press your luck guy? No, he just was so good at the at if at you watch enough if you watch enough fucking prices right, you you'll know how out. much Crest toothpaste costs. Yeah. Like Three dollars and two cents. It's I know. Very grossly inflated from actual Yeah, it's manufacturer suggested retail price. <laughs> but that's so you gotta go MSRP. You gotta go MSRP. <laughs> MSRP, manufacturer suggested retail price is what they're using here, okay? I just like watching people bid in the um what is what is it called? Yo, the four... let it, yo, let it. That one? No. No, no. The four the four people that bid before they get up to the stage. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that's called, but that's like, fantastic. Whatever it is. But yeah, I saw a clip recently. I think I was doing something for the soup and they showcased this that it was like a hot tub or something and the guy was like, $9,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or it was like a lawnmower. No, was it like an iPhone? Yeah, remember? Something ridiculous. It was an <laughs> iPhone 6 Plus and the guy goes like, $8,000. And then the next guy goes, Eight thousand and one dollars. Oh. Like, I know how this game is played. Like, it was so dumb. I think they should put. I think I think prices would be really funny if they just populated it with super rich people who don't understand <laughs> basic consumer, like like that level of consumerism. Uh, and hear from the Carnegie family. Yeah, guess the price of this Prius. Uh, um, a baby. Yeah, it's my favorite when people's excitement just like shuts down all of their ability to reason or yes. like any rationale that they have. The best is like if you go on and watch the clip of Aaron Paul on The Price is oh, Right because yes, he was a contestant yeah, on The Price is Right. If you right. look at the YouTube comments, it's all people accusing The Price is Right of now being fake because this actor was on. Oh, my God. Like, oh, that's casting. He's totally acting. This didn't happen. Apparently, they all have like all of the audience has a like 30 second interview. Yeah, they have a question they, thing before they go. Yeah, yeah. to figure out their who's personalities to see like who's going to yeah. be the, yeah, the most dynamic. I remember I Justine, who's a, another YouTuber, like five years ago, she was on Price is Right and she like made a video of it and she won, you know, her showcase, like got oh, all the nice. way there, won her showcase, won an Apple computer. And that's when I was like, I don't know how much I believe in this show anymore. <laughs> this girl who loves Steve Jobs openly in all of her videos and talks about like waiting in line to get the new iPhone just happened to go on The Price is Right and win the showcase and win an Apple computer. Well, you know, sometimes dreams come true. You know, I'm a pessimist. I hate everything. <laughs> Life sucks. Justine Sweet, I used to see her at the at the Apple announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever... whenever 
What? What are you looking at me like she that? She got invited to these things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was huge. Like, she would go dance. Like, she got really big. She got a bunch of viral videos because she would go dance in Apple stores. Like, she would put on, like, photo booth movie. I could movie. Not stand those fucking people. <laughs> I worked in an Apple store for four years. And Where? Fun- Here? The Grove. In the Grove. At the Grove. Oh. I worked at the Apple store at the Grove. R050, that's our store number. Okay. The 50th Apple store opened. Whoa. R001, which is the first Apple store opened, is in Glendale. Ah, still no one cares. All right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, but it was just, there was a, there were people that would constantly be coming in. And dancing. Uh, and uh, either dancing, shooting videos, taking, what I would do all the time, people would start chatting on, uh, Messenger. I, I, I messenger. AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, aim. but it was like AOL Instant Messenger. And what I would do all the time is come out of the closet to whoever they were last talking to. <gasps> Seriously. Because they would leave their <laughs> name. leave it on? open. Oh. And I'd be like, hey, man, listen. <laughs> That's amazing. I gotta, I gotta, and like I would lure them into <gasps> a thing and I was just bored. I'd be like, I got to tell you something, man. That's and incredible. Occasionally people were like, dude. I know. <laughs> like three times. Yeah, the song lyrics in your profile yeah, are like, super sad. And it was just like this thing I would do, and I would randomly like message people on their play thing, going like, "I gotta tell you, I really like you." Like, I'd oh like, my be god! Like, so I don't know what the fuck happened to these people, but don't fucking go on the Apple Store's computers well, and work leave for your name. And it was fine because it was. It you didn't know, work for me. I worked there, and I never got to go to an event. Yeah, well, you know, they stopped. Apple stopped inviting G four. Period. Yeah, like G four, really? which was Attack of the Show, was pretty much for the only show on television that was talking about the things that it was talking about. Right. And for I don't know what happened, but I remember I went like one year, and then the next year, and I I didn't do anything crazy. Yeah, I, and I actually saw I I I I saw Steve Jobs because he would talk. And then uh, I was uh, like third row jobs. And then uh, afterwards, he'd kind of walk back to the to the area where, you know, like all the devices were there to play with. And I uh, I turned around and he was standing right there. We made eye contact for a second and it was after the presentation. And the only thing I could think to say because I was so nervous was, hey, man, pretty good job up there. Like oh, that's, my God. And then he was just like, thanks, and then just kept walking. I didn't know what else to say. I'm so embarrassed. At least my you, at least you didn't jobs. say pretty good jobs up there. I Hello. should have. That would have at least oh. had a joke in it. <laughs> pretty good job up there. Oh, my God. Announcing the iPad. It was the oh. iPad announcement. It was the iPad announcement. He cut me yeah. for sushi. I, I've told that story before, but yeah, I went up when I was up at Apple Corporate. <laughs> I was up at Apple Corporate, and we were because I did like a few weeks of training up there, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd go into Cafe Max, which is the on-campus thing. And, by the and, bell. Yeah, I'm like yeah. trying to figure out where to eat, and like, oh, you yeah. got all these foods of the world essentially there, and they're all really good. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get some sushi. Yeah, I get some sushi, and I turned it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm like, this asshole's in front of me, and I go. Oh, because I look, I look, I just see a black shirt. And I look down at the jeans. I'm like, fine. <laughs> and then, oh, and then we went to like pay, and I'm like across from him when he's paying. And I was like, I just, I want to look inside this guy's fucking wallet to see what's going on there. So like, he's just like talking to the cashier person. And I'm just staring in his wallet, like. St- fucking like darting my eyes into it like i made a mental note i know what's in his wallet what was in his wallet he had a bank of america debit card he had a starbucks gift card oh and he had a platinum amex here's steve jobs here's a gift card for starbucks yes! <laughs> like 25 dollars 
And then uh, and then he goes to pull out cash, and then like as he's pulling out the cash, he catches me looking at his wallet and oh just goes, "Oh my god!" Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, <laughs> and he paid for yours too. I saw, no, that's not what happened. But the man paid cash at his own company. I thought you said he co- he paid for your sushi. No, no, no. He cut me in line. Oh, for he sushi. cut you in line. Oh, I thought okay. I was next in line for that yeah. fucking California roll. Ugh. And that bitch gets in there. So you guys have had equally disappointing yes. actions. With yeah. Steve Jobs. Neither of us rose to the occasion. <laughs> disappointing stories with titans. <laughs> Yep, that's pretty much. Yeah, that sounds really great. <laughs> One time I said, "How's it hanging to the president?" Like, there's just so many. Did you? No, but that would be a story that would be in disappointing uh, encounters with titans. Yeah, true. Disappointing encounters with the t- titans. <laughs> so, uh, what, have you started the show at this point? Not yet. We start mid March, and the show is supposed to actually air uh, starting in April, the first week of April. Oh, that's cool. Who's yeah. your showrunner? Um, well, right now it's kind of like this, it's a small team, so it's like amalgamation of people that are wearing various hats. Mm. So like everyone has job titles, but, um, Blake Webster is the name of the director that we hired and he just did the Arsenio reboot and has... That wasn't a terrible program. Well, no, he was, and he has, you know, hilarious stories from it, which have already made me laugh and I just heard, you know, 2% of them. And he's very much my kind of... Uh, personality where it's literally like the philosophy is like no dicks like just no egocentric people around would be the most creative environment to yeah. exist in for me and he also feels that way so it's it's a good match yeah it feels really the good e people are really nice like they, they're, they're super nice and one of the execs was telling me that you used to have a desk outside of her office and would just randomly pitch bizarre shows that you would think of just off the top of your head yeah yeah you'd be like Shark selling real estate. I did do that because there there was no more room on the G4 side of yeah. the building and it was all sort of blended together. It was an open floor yeah, plan. Yeah, she was cubicle. telling me she was like literally weirdly like Chris Hardwick had a cubicle desk outside of my office and every time I would leave he'd be like, here's a new show idea. Yeah. yeah. It's called the ant farm. Like I would just come up with yeah. any. It's a bunch of single ants looking for love. <laughs> 50 I'll host single it. ants. <laughs> 50 million single ants. We're going to narrow them down they to one queen. Again, live three times their body weight. <laughs> well, because I would hear a lot of really bad pitches coming from those oh, offices. Like I'm sure. The wor- like really bad. And some of them were some of them were like weirdly offensive. Like I heard these guys pitching a show where they go, uh, they were like, and then one of the cast members is like a sassy black lady, but not like a sassy black lady from Detroit. We've seen that. This is a different kind of sassy, like a oh. word for word. These just like gross white guys, these gross That's, doughy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this like, is, I understand America and how yeah. the world works. Yeah, America's seen the Detroit sassy black lady. And first God. of all, like, what are you talking? I mean, it was hard Wait. not to break in and go, yeah. I'm going to call this one for you guys. Uh, get out. Did you ever hear a pitch that didn't get made that you were like, that's gold? No. Really? <laughs> well. I think a lot of the gold gets made. Yeah, big time. And then the rest of time in L.A. is general meetings with yeah. bullshit. Well, my favorite... 
when I first, at, like years ago is when I first started kind of pitching my own show around. And I remember an executive telling me, this is stuck with me forever. I don't know if it's true. I really sincerely hope it's true that the best thing that they had ever gotten pitched was Mariah Carey pitched an idea for a reality television show about her life. But the only cameras were on the collars of her dogs. And so it was three, like, GoPros, and it only, the only footage you saw in the entire reality show was from the dog's collar cam. So it's literally just, like, her feet for 22 minutes. And I was like, I would watch one episode of that (laughs) and see what happened. That is a really bad idea. Who knows if it actually happened, but I just sincerely love the thought of Mariah Carey sitting down and authentically being like, this is something I'm really proud of. I've had this idea. And then she forgets the cameras on the collars and breaks (laughs) out the peanut butter. (laughs) Oh, shit hits the fan, literally. Christopher. What? (laughs) What? That could mean anything. Are you saying she puts the peanut butter on Nick Cannon's dick? <laughs> yes. So she doesn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's a bad show. <clears throat> could be great. But I think you, and I said this when I saw the announcement, I said I think you'll rule that channel because... That, that I mean, channel... but like Bruce Jenner is ruling that channel, to be fair. Yeah, but what but... that channel desperately needs is you and people who are going to watch you. Because their audience is, right now, is just, you think of the E! audience and it's like, older women. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens because... Obviously, my demo is a young yeah. demographic, yeah. and there some of them are watching E. A lot of them are not, and E has a very solid older female audience, and so it's going to be this interesting kind of hybrid. I hope that happens. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, w- the greatest note that came back from you know testing the pilot, which is the most terrifying thing to hear, that it. My future of a television show is in the hands of a stranger in Chicago watching this in like a tiny room. If you're lucky, room. Chicago. Right. I know. Yeah. Some suburb of Detroit that's like. We've seen every- that sassy person watching that show. <laughs> yeah. We've seen a sassy white middle class South Jerseyan before. Uh, but the feedback they said was that I felt like a real person. And that, I was like, nice. that warms my That's real nice. human heart. Well, you know, going back to the early days of E, I think maybe it was Jules Asner or someone, someone at some point started the thing on E where they talk like this. It's a weird, Everything is presented in this fashion. It's the most bizarre dialect. And I, I, I one time turned down an audition for an E, um, like, talking head pop culture show thing because I had heard that, yeah, you have to speak in this cadence, and I just, I can't do it. I can't do accents. I can't do any sort of, like, weird cadence. And when you watch the network, you're like, they all they all do it. They yeah. all have because, it. Because it's, I think it's a way to communicate to mouth breathers how they're supposed to feel at different times of the sentence without oh. having to confuse them with words. Yeah, very obvious. That you could just go, la, 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 la. And, yeah. and the, the mouth breathers would go, uh-huh. Like, they would get, like, they would still watch. Yeah, they understand that someone's having a baby. And but also, I, like, if you're, just a heads up, if you're walking around the E building, uh-huh. and you think you see a scary skeleton, it's just Juliana Rancic. <laughs> She's very thin. She is. She is very thin. 
Well, guys, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Here's a non sequitur. Matt does. <laughs> no, now we know that. And someone the give Apple her some numbers. pleated jorts. That'll fill her out. But I, but I think it's. I, <laughs> <laughs> she's just the next time we see her, she's in a full pleated jort. I, I mean, I really one feel leg like, of a pleated jort. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be Kanye's new thing. He's got to bring something back. I feel like there's an opportunity there because I think when E gets a hold of the right comic personality mm-hmm. it, I mean like the soup was huge for yeah. Joel and you know obviously Chelsea's show was huge for her but yeah. but I think you know you'll actually you'll bring a lot of substance to like yeah, I think people Maybe. want that there yeah I mean I, I don't think we'll bring substance I think we'll bring like dumb silly nonsense there that maybe has some like weird underlying. It's still substance. a step above some of the other programming, yeah. Grace. Now I know you can't say that. Well, I think I think the thing that's going to be really interesting is because there's definitely a tone that was cultivated where you know Chelsea has a very different um, comedic sensibility than I do. You know, she's very good at making fun of people, and she's very good at being like pointed and cutting. That's her shtick. So I all generously described. Uh, yeah. Well, I I can't do that, and so I it's going to be interesting. Interesting, a network that is, you know, it, it focuses on talking about people and putting spotlights on human beings in the entertainment industry that I just want to, it's, I just want to be silly and stupid. Like I've realized with my friends Hannah and Mamrie, we say that the most complimentary adjective we've developed is the word stupid. Like if you say something like that's so stupid, that goes in our live show that made the cut. It's great. So I just, I want, but all of it has an, a layer of like, it's nice. There's, I can't be mean. And so there is like a sense that there is a meanness. There's a cattiness. There's like a, a bitchiness almost to a pop culture network. And so I'm fascinated to see what the fans who are used to that kind of comic sensibility feel about something that I make. I think I think I think it's just what I think they will respond to whatever's funny, whatever yeah. they're being offered. I think if mean is being offered to them, then they'll respond to that. But I don't, yeah. you know, like I don't think at midnight's mean. Like we try to. No, make you it guys are fun. silly. Like that's the thing is, you can have like. And you're great on the show, by the way. You crush every time you're on our well, show. At midnight's just fun. It's really fun to do. You guys make it very easy to have a fun time. Um, but yeah, it's it's dumb in the most complimentary way yeah, possible. Yeah, it it's really, really dumb. I uh, often during the day I go, "That's so fucking stupid," and yeah. then I put it in. Yeah, <laughs> then you're like, it. "That means it's great." And so yeah, that's that's all I want is to watch the show and say that was a really stupid. And by the show. way, huge shout outs to Hannah Hart and Mamrie Hart, no relation, who <laughs> are both individually such wonderful and incredibly oh. talented people. Oh my God, they're so fucking funny. It's ins- Mamrie Hart is maybe the funniest person I've ever been around in my real life. Like She's super funny on camera, and then off camera, she's probably more funny, which is so rare. And it, I literally, we we all have this thing that we say, if one of us is like really hungover, one of us is like feeling like we're not being present in like a social situation or hangout, we say like, oh, I'm watching Mamrie TV right now. Like I'm literally <laughs> just watching Mamrie feeling like I'm watching a television show because she's just on even when she's off. Yeah, because when you, you, you guys did the Camp Dakota panel. Yeah. And, uh, and... You, obviously, you and Hannah were, and, and I just I wasn't I hadn't been as familiar with Mamrie's stuff, and she 
blew it out of the water. Oh, she's insane. Like, she's so quick. And the funniest thing about her is she's terrified of improv. But her entire life is improvised. And I'm like, yeah. how have you never... She's so much more comfortable with sketch comedy and having things written out and having jokes. But she is one of the funniest off-the-cuff people I've ever been around. And I think that's part of the... In, the, in just sort of taking it back around to creating a community, you mm-hmm. know, is people watching the three of you doing your stuff individually and then coming together and watching you all grow and yeah. watching your relationship evolve and watching you guys mature. Like, it... I really understand why... People are so excited about it and the stuff that happens to you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's like what you guys have. You're friends at the end of the day, regardless of whatever professional things you're working on with each other, you enjoy each other's company. And so I think that level of authenticity online is really infectious for people. I love watching people have a great time with each other that feels like... It's not mean. They're just really genuinely enjoying each other's company. And it just so happened that when May Marie and Hannah and I all like hung out for the very first time, it was like, this feels very fun and easy and nice. Well, let's continue to do this. And also to be around friends that are super hardworking and super smart and really like taking advantage of this new media situation that we're all involved in where literally you get what you give mm-hmm. from it is just, it's great. It's really great to be around hardworking people. It's like anytime you feel like we literally have kind of like an unspoken pact with each other that if any of us ever complain about our lot in life, like we have the freedom to shit on that person <laughs> and be like, you're a fucking bag of dicks. Like get your well, perspective you in check. I mean, you can, you know, Someone can learn how to deliver jokes, but you Mm -hmm. can't teach someone to be authentic, you know? And I think that's the quality that – I think that's, you know, people will see that in your show. Like, they'll see, like, oh, this is who Grace is and this is – like, when you see a comic that you really like or you see a performer you really like, I don't know. There's just something extra about them. I think it's like, oh, well, they're they're authentic in a way that you're picking up on a very deep level. Yeah, on top of the fact that they're also really funny. Totally. I'm really, really lobbying for E to let me wear sweatpants every episode. Like, I don't want to wear anything that I wouldn't wear in my own house on a Friday night. So we'll see what happens. It'd be funny if you pitched an episode that was just, in some for some reason in your house, uh-huh. Jules Asner is trying to film a wild on. Oh, my God. No, give me Brooke Burke. <laughs> no, but Jules uh- <laughs> took over that. I know. Give me the real you deal. Want Brooke Burke's I wild want Brooke on. Burke. Why was she funny. always in Brazil? Every episode, she was in Brazil. Well, wild on Brazil. <laughs> Carnival is still happening. <laughs> wild on the fountain at the Grove. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, I wish uh, it'd be so good. And so before, just before we're about to wrap it up, mm-hmm. I I, uh, I was got, I wanted to ask Chester about his. Um, oh my God! Yeah, experience. you guys have a very strong connection because. Chester just finished playing Stacey Jacks on Broadway in Rock of Ages. So I guess I played the first one and you played the last Stacey Jacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which is crazy because that was when he was researching it. He goes, hey, do you know Chris Hardwick played Stacey Jacks? I was like, that's fucking bullshit. And he goes, no, there's one YouTube video of it shot very far away from the stage. Yeah. (laughs) And it's literally you. Yeah, Yeah. we posted someone. I I got it. it was when the movie came out because we uh, started it with uh, the group of right, people. Right, yeah, yeah. And we did it at rock clubs in L.A. for, you know, 05 and 06. And then I couldn't go – I couldn't just pick up and go to New York. They were like, yeah. you can come do it off-Broadway if you want, but we can't really pay you anything extra to do that. And I'm like, I can't quit my jobs 
and then go not make any money and not have a place to stay. And they're great. It was a great group, but it just I couldn't I couldn't go do it. They're like, don't you love chafing pants that much that you want to come to New York? I still have them. Yeah, I was gonna um, cover a few of your songs because Dave Gibbs. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna do Beaver Hunt? Beaver Hunt, yeah. He, he told me that the tape actually has a collection of songs that you guys. We wrote. We were. We wanted to write Arsenal's greatest hits, and yeah. we were gonna write it for the producers to like sell or whatever at the. And there's a yeah, because there's a there was a clip of Beaver Hunt in the the new in the Broadway version, yeah. I think. But so we wrote we wrote Beaver Hunt. I want your cans, which was a ballad. We wrote um, All I Want for Christmas is to Rock. We wrote... Um, then there were a bunch... We came up with as many ridiculous names for other songs like uh, Chocolate Cherry and Uncle Finger and just like all these bad glam metal titles that we never ended up... Is, the first thing I saw actually was... Because um, when I, I read... You know, the first thing I did was... I oh, was the panel. Was your panel with Tom Cruise. That was... Oh, because Chester's in love with oh, Tom yeah. Cruise. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that freaked the shit. I had no like. That was a moment where I, I was like, "Did I die on the way to Comic Con?" And this, yeah. this is a weird, you know, where he starts singing, "I wanna, I wanna know what love," like in front of seven thousand people. I'm like, I think I'm supposed to respond with song. Like, it was the strangest. I mean, anytime Tom Cruise starts off with. So you and I have something in common. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Oh, I was like, no, we don't. No, nope. I can't think of one thing that we would have in common. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it is a hilarious show. It's so, it's literally, I kept telling him, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to like a Jersey karaoke bar. It's like literally all of Journey's greatest hits. It's done, yeah. completely done. They wrapped in January, mid-January. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. My brought all my parents to see it. All uh, of your parents? All my parents. They're divorced and remarried. So oh, okay. My steps so you do have all the parents. And my, my real parents. And they all loved it because it's just so and then ridiculous. And all, all the people that my parents passed up to marry those people? Yeah. Brought and then all my them adopted too. parents. <laughs> and then, yeah. It was great. My Tinder parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Tinder for Tinder parents where you just want like a different mom. Just like, meet at a bar and listen to, to me tell my... I talk to someone about yeah. my relationship choices. <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> Swipe left. She doesn't get it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you, are you, you're coming back on at midnight soon ish? Yeah, whenever you guys invite me back, Bart is always so like he's cagey. Co- he's cagey and he's coy about it that I can never tell if I'm doing a good job or not. You're, I can tell you, you're always doing an amazing job. I have, I want you to come on as much as you want to come do on. Do good enough to beat me? I mean, whatever. It's oh cool. my god! No, I know Jesus it's my Christ. only regret. The internet's like, oh, look at the way she didn't hug Matt. It's like <laughs> the internet like took a gif of like the. Like thinking that Grace Lake was like totally fucking rude to me, or like yeah, they get very like, they're sensitive. So funny. They're very very sensitive. At the end, we like I I you know I win, and then I go Grace goes to hug, and I go out, and then she goes no, yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. And, yeah, I but, did the same exact thing with Hannah on the show, yeah. and for some reason it was romantically charged with Hannah and I online afterwards. <laughs> But with Matt, it was like, Matt, you're fucking walking home from no, the studio. Look at that slob. He probably takes a, gonna call his mom, collect from the studio to walk, get a ride home to his And she's not going to give it to him because guess what? She doesn't want him there either. Well, you know who was my, my guest on the pilot for the show was Tom Lennon. Oh. And Tom Lennon? Yeah. And Tom I had, Lennon came on the show? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Tom Lennon was great. Hi, Grace. Just wrote five scripts. Jesus, Tom. Seriously. He was so sweet. But I had met him for the very first time at the San Diego at midnight, the Comic-Con at midnight episode. Yeah. And 
I was leaving, so I was like in a rush to say goodbye to you. And he was in the hallway, and he was there because he like dropped into the show. I guess he was wearing a beautiful plaid suit, head to toe. I like introduced myself very quickly, and then had to leave because I, Mamrie and I were shooting this travel show, so I had to like go to the airport. And so on the uh, pilot, he was telling me, he's like, my first impression of you is that you were kind of a bitch. Like, you thought you were better than everyone. You were real quiet. I was like, I was so nervous to meet you. And I didn't know you were going to be there. And I literally was like, do I even introduce myself? Does he even want this thrust upon him? This girl was just like, hello, I'm in a frenzied mess and need to leave. Uh, and yeah, he was so kind and sweet. And like, we talked for like over an hour. And of course, it has to get cut down to like three minutes of the episode. But he was hilarious. Yes, he One is the best. Dearest, dearest uh, but, and he, do, he does have this austere air about him. And he looks like he would have been a colonel in the Royal uh, Navy yeah. uh, Which is w- like, with, while they were occupying yeah. in, in India. Like, he looks like. He looks like. But like, the beauty of Tom is like. He does look like that, and he does sometimes talk like that. Sure. But then when you when you know Tom, he's just this Irish kid from Chicago. Yeah, he was so yeah, nice. Like just like super I sweet. Kept, I kept thanking him after the pilot for you know lending his time, and he literally responded with, "Why wouldn't I?" Yeah. Over and over, and I was like, "I will remember this forever." Well, you were on my pilot. You know the yeah. pilot that I did. With Kyle. With yeah. Kyle. Before, that was before the best. at midnight. Yeah. We did that pilot. That Google Hangout thing that it literally like, here's your room that you're going to be in. They'll be downstairs in the studio. And I was like, what? Yep. <laughs> yep. Because we were trying to... He's trying to make it interactive, and then that, that was, was the first time I met Will Wheaton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then did his gaming gaming show. Um, yeah, I loved that pilot. It I was, was like, really fun. I left the studio being like, God damn it, that's a great idea for a show, motherfucker. Well, I the, wish I could the, do that. The, well, you're glad you didn't because the uh, the 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 mall they tested it at in Chicago was like. No. What's the internet? How is Reddit work? <laughs> you know, so we got all these notes, which is funny now because so much of that populates our show. Yeah. But when we did that pilot, even just a few years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. that people were like, "What?" Or, or like, you know, America, yeah. where they tested it, was like, "What is Reddit?" And we so they were it. confused by it. And that—that's where they said, "Hey, we're not going to do this show, but there's this other show called That Midnight. If you want to come right. on and redevelop it, so." So thank you for at least getting me to that point. Yeah, what was that called? Hardwired. 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 It was just a temporary title. I mean, it's that's it what makes he sense. would have been saying had we now been entering season three of Hardwired. Duh. It's just a temporary title. <laughs> We're still working on something better. All I remember is that there was a Cinnabon and a hot dog or something of the sort was there, and I was like, "Great use of props, you guys. <laughs> really great." Well, is it is so? Is the, your show called the Grace Helbig? The Grace Helbig Project? Um, no, that's a temporary title because it feels too close to the the Mindy Project. So right. I think it's going to literally be like the Grace Helbig Show. It's cool. up for debate right now, trying to figure all that out. For me, I just, I don't care really. Why don't you call it Grace Nancy and just hang fuck on, with people? Hang on, uh oh, Grace Under Fire. No, that's already Grace yeah. Under Fire Junior. Yes, yeah, Grace Under Fire Junior. Yeah. It sounds like a rad metal band. <laughs> it's called Larry King Live with Grace Helbig. <laughs> I wish. Daily Grace um, once a week on television. Yeah, There's, oh, many. perfect. I just wanted the longest title possible. Uh, we'll see. Who knows? Well, uh, Gracie, it's always good to see you, and congratulations. And I'm 
I have no doubt that your show is going to be amazing and huge. And, and please let me know if there's anything that we can do. To... Yeah. Come be on the show. Okay. Done. That's now all the... Footstep, 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 door, car. <laughs> paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Paperwork, 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 paperwork. <laughs> did, your, did your lawyer get back? Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. He's not there. What? The lawyer's on vacation again? How many vacations do they take? A year later. Yeah. Uh, he made it. The show's been canceled for years. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. He doesn't even exist anymore. No, it's called F now. Yeah. <laughs> they jumped it it's up. It's just a series of vines. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to do that. Some cable writer's going to be like, hey, you want, you want more money from us to run your channel? Fuck you. And they're, they're, he's going to just take his kid and be like, hey, 13-year-old, what are you looking at? This guy. And they're just going to put vines on a channel all day I long. Mean, one of my favorite things to watch when I'm really hungover and not feeling well is vine compilations, like 10 minutes of the best six-second vines. Yeah, yep. we used to run those before at midnight, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm into it. I remember I was there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you weren't there. We were running them because you weren't out there yet. No, but I could see from back. This is too Mom, much behind the curtain Mom, for people. Stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your burrito. The end. Very powerful. If you stuff. want more of this? Listen to Grace's podcast yeah. featuring Chris. What? Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts